Hello everybody, my name is Takiri Wandragala, Senior Consultant for Infrastructure at Lenovo. And I'm Valerio Rizzo, Lenovo Head of AI for EMEA. Welcome to the Lenovo NVIDIA Think AI podcast. A podcast about artificial intelligence and computer vision. Hello everybody, uh, my name is Takiri Wandragala. I work in the infrastructure group at Lenovo. And thank you so much for joining this podcast. Now, in our last podcast, we looked at computer vision and AI in general terms because they are really transforming businesses. And today we're going to be looking more in detail of how computer vision AI is coming into the manufacturing industries and really is a game changer for manufacturing companies. Now, to do this, I have my partner in crime, Valerio. Hi, Valerio. Hi, Tikiri. Thank you for having me here. And uh, hi, everyone. And thank you for joining this podcast. My name is Valerio Rizzo. I'm the Lenovo Head of AI for the EMEA region. And Tikiri, as you said, I, I brought here my dear friend, Marcin, CEO and, uh, and founder of Bike Lake. Hi, Marcin. Can you introduce yourself for our audience? Hello, everyone. Hello, Tikiri. Hi, Valerio. Uh, thank you for inviting me to this podcast. It's always a pleasure to work with you guys on AI initiatives. Uh, I just did my counting and it looks like we've been doing this for almost five years. So I'm very excited uh, to be here again with you guys. And my name is Marcin Ojek and I'm a co-founder of a company named ByteLake. We built our own products and we focus on couple of industries, primarily manufacturing in, in general, but also paper industry and the chemical industry. Martin, it's great to have you. So folks, let's start with uh, really what are the challenges when introducing AI into manufacturing and how did you overcome them? Valeria, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, there are older uh, AI technology like uh, natural language processing, but also newer ones, such as the intersection of deep learning and computer vision that works well for uh, um, most part uh, and are really capable uh, to bring uh, value to the organization, so implementing them. And, and we have seen also in the last episode how NVIDIA with SDK and softwares and accelerators is really enabling not only data scientists and AI engineers, but also software developers to actually create uh, valuable uh, use case application for the industry. Uh, I guess one of the main challenges uh, is still the, the hype around this technology, creating over-expectation or under-expectation. And there is an increased awareness that one of the biggest problems when it comes to artificial intelligence implementation is not primary technical, uh, but rather um, how to achieve value from the technology. So. The, there is a wrong perception that the POC per se could define the ROI and um, it can give already um, like a clear idea of what kind of value the application can bring. But that is a wrong perception. The key uh, for a good implementation for return on investment is a large scale deployment and implementation. And so um, the same company uh, will only focus on, on pre-deployment uh, AI application uh, might have uh, uh, wrong ideas about the, uh, the production uh, level of, the, okay. of AI implementation. And Marcio, what have you observed? 
So if we look at AI as a set of technologies that can collectively mimic to some extent what we as humans can do with the help of our eyes and ears, all of a sudden we look, we start looking at uh, you know manufacturing processes from a completely different perspective. We realize that cameras, for instance, can do more than just you know grab pictures or record videos. They can detect shapes, they can measure distance, recognize tags, or even perform a quality inspection or monitor safety. However, for AI to be able to do so, it typically needs data. While collecting the data may in some cases lead us to some challenges, my favorite one at this stage is related to adding the meaning to the data. IT, which by the way is lucky to become a natural home for AI, now has another opportunity to deliver you know, projects that go across so many domains and this typically involves data engineers, data scientists, AI experts, researchers, software programmers, mathematicians, okay, all hats of IT people I know, but you know, it also goes across various domains and we need experts who know the manufacturing processes inside out, production details, product features, etc. So going back to your questions about overcoming the challenges, we at Byter Lake have been investing in our own products to simplify the collaborative work of such multidisciplinary teams. There's no longer a need to build anything from scratch. So also the cost and required investments is significantly reduced, but there's more to that. Everyone can simply focus on the use case from day one as the foundation and the kind of you know, software infrastructure is already there. And our clients can typically experience the first results within a couple of weeks, I would say. So each deploy and each deployment of our product is out compared to raising a kid, but uh, with AI, it can happen really at the speed of the light. We give industry experts all the components so that they can focus on their goals and forget the underlying complexity of various technologies. Eventually, you know, a, the goal is that AI becomes just another button in your software stack or an assistant that can help you interpret the data. And infrastructure like NVIDIA GPUs needed for training the AI or complex algorithms, combination of the servers, edge devices, various types of cameras, sensors, or whatever you might need to collect the data, all of these components are no longer of concern. And that's, that's how it should be with AI. Industry experts should not waste their precious, precious energy on you know, all of these aspects. Instead, they should focus on adding the correct meaning to the data so that this, let's call it AI kid, can properly, properly be raised. Okay, so so what I'm hearing from the two of you is really some key pointers here. One is set the right level of expectation, uh, you know, both in the proof of concept, but also when it's rolled out. Data is really important, and and also uh, realize that there are people to help, expert companies uh, to to bridge that knowledge, and it's not all about doing it yourselves. Now, to make it easier to our listeners. Could we now describe a specific application or use case where computer vision was applied in manufacturing, you know, in manufacturing environments? Valerio, do you want to start? There are multiple successful stories around the application of computer vision in manufacturing, and that might include uh, um, supply chain optimization uh, and uh, predictive maintenance, uh, warehouse uh, optimization, etc. What is uh, right now is really uh, getting a lot of attention and a lot of excitation are the application uh, for uh, quality inspection. Um, and uh, okay. I think uh, Byte like, might have like a good example to bring here. Yeah, I would say like 
you know, computer vision is a very popular term. And we've all seen cameras reading number plates, uh, counting products, uh, or those embedded in self-driving cars. But uh, there are also not so obvious areas where AI can bring or deliver value. As a company, we're active, for instance, in, uh, in the paper industry. And uh, there, among other things, AI can, or computer vision or CV, whatever we call it, in, in specific, uh, can be used to help monitor and automate, actually, the papermaking process. For those of you who are not so familiar with how the papermaking goes or how it looks like, so it's, it starts with the pulp being poured down on the so-called production table. Then it is gradually dried out and pressed and rolled up in the form of paper sheets. However, it might happen, and it, it happens, it's, it's a natural phenomenon, that uh, the paper might be still too wet to be safely rolled up. And this two wet area, which looks like a glossy area, we call it a wet line. So in old times, let, let's put it this way right for a second, an operator uh, would have to walk around the paper machine and manually inspect the whole process. Now, as we have AI, also in the paper industry, such operators can focus on a much more creative job and leave the like manual monitoring to computer vision algorithms. And these can monitor the surface of the paper, measure the wet area, and trigger an alarm. So every time the camera detects that the wet line is too big or maybe enters the so-called red zone, an alarm can be triggered and sent to the operator. And, and you know, it's, it's just the first step in leveraging AI to bring automation to that part of the paper making process in the paper mills. Hey, Martin, I, I really like that example. Uh, believe it or not, I live in a little village in, in, this, in the center of England. And uh, in our village, we actually have a paper mill. Uh, it makes the paper for a currency. So uh, uh, it, it's great because it's been in this village, I think, since before, almost the foundation of the village. It's been around for a long time. And it, it's a, an industry that is very established. And it's interesting to see you bringing AI to that type of industry. Uh, and um, be interesting to go into more details on this. Now, now, Martin, specifically, what were the advantages that AI brought to this use case? Yeah, so you know, it, so first of all, it's uh, one of the first steps in bringing full automation to the paper industry. So triggering right. uh, triggering an alarm is like saying, "Hey, the wet area has entered the red zone." by paper might break, right? And that helps us reduce the cost of potential waste, first of all, and then improve the overall quality of production. And, and by the way, and I will quote here, according to the International Journal of Strategic Engineering Asset Management, the average cost of an unplanned downtime uh, in paper mills per day is estimated to cost around 200,000 US dollars per day. So and wow. so, th th this is huge, right? And yeah. we need to remember that this go this industry typically goes on razor thin uh, profits, right? And then this information and an alarm uh, that is triggered by AI: Hey, there's a wet line and it enters red zone. This information can be sent back to the paper machine, which in turn can use it and adjust the paper production parameters in real time, almost. And, uh, you know, and that can lead us to another level of automation, right? So that you, we can eventually offload people with all of this manual work, help them focus on more creative jobs. And this kind of, you know, manual boring 
part of the job can be automated and people can be warned, can get triggered alarms, or even alarms can go back to the paper machine, which can adjust some parameters and uh, manage the production, at least in, in that tiny fraction of the paper making process. Okay, so you, you're describing here uh, like a feedback loop, uh, whereby okay. AI can be then, yes, changing the, the input uh, as well as, you know, rather than just giving an alarm and saying, okay, something's gone wrong. Now, what key challenges did the customers face in this situation you described? And how did you help them overcome it? Yeah, so, you know, AI is always about exciting challenges, right? <laughs> as I said, we go yes. across so many domains. We work with multidisciplinary teams. But in that particular case, the challenge here was to work with acute angles of the camera. So typically, we place the camera at their optimal positions. and. Uh, here, we were limited due to environment's constraints, but also for safety, safety reasons, we were not allowed to mount anything just you know, above the production line. Another okay. one was a typical case for the manufacturing environment, limited bandwidth, right? So luckily, our products have been optimized for edge configurations, meaning AI can be deployed close to where the data is produced. And we use Lenovo Edge Tiny PC, which is like a tiny, small PC, a hardware platform that can operate in harsh environments. And then our mathematicians you know, took care of the acute angles so that AI can capture the perspective correctly. So Martin, what you described is really interesting. Uh, you know, the paper industry is a low margin or, or in a very tight margin business. So introducing technology, they have to be very um, cognizant of the value it brings. So AI does bring value to them for them to have installed this. Uh, in addition, I, I like the, uh, what you pointed out is, is you have to sort of work with the existing processes. Uh, you cannot dictate terms, uh, you know, if, where you position the cameras, et cetera, was really key there. Uh, and really to show that you can introduce the latest technologies into a very established industry, that, that's a very, very powerful message. Now, Lenovo, is also a manufacturing company, uh, you know, in the manufacturing of PCs. Uh, Valerio, are we using AI in our manufacturing processes? There are uh, multiple um, application of machine learning, uh, like classical machine learning, but also uh, deep learning in our company. Um, uh, to mention a few examples, one application is uh, forecasting uh, parts demand for PCs uh, according uh, to period of the year or uh, weather forecasting. The other one is an application uh, based on computer vision uh, that check for monitor compliance is always in PCs. Uh, but we also work on with the research institutions such as a BSC to develop together machine learning uh, AI based system to optimize uh, power consumption. For example, here uh, our plugin for SLARP is one of the example uh, able to profile jobs and, and reducing cycles and power consumption uh, by defining the right amount of resources to address to uh, a given job in into an HPC cluster. So, you know, we've looked at the specifics of manufacturing uh, and, you know, we can look at it on, in terms of quality control and those sort of, pro, you know, that would be kind of obvious for computer vision. But what about other parts of the process? Can AI and computer vision help in those other parts of the entire manufacturing cycle, so to speak? 
I think this is the right way to to handle AI implementation is to let the, the technology spread across uh, multiple business unit or multiple teams or multiple uh, department within the same company. Uh, I really like the example of the Amazon flywheel uh, approach uh, to keep the innovation going, the AI innovation going and spreading into other areas of the company. And this means the innovation around machine learning in one area of the company fuels the forth on other teams. Uh, so AI shouldn't sit into a single office, um, but uh, being implemented into or connected to other business functionalities in order to uh, to bring a further optimization to every business function in the company. And I guess like the example that Byte Lake uh, is bringing here, the paper um, uh, quality inspection uh, by computer vision can, can also be uh, something that sparks other innovation within the same company and maybe uh, can be connected with other modules, other uh, use case application uh, to further optimize the, the protection of paper. Uh, what do you think, uh, Marcin? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say like, you know, AI is all about finding answers somehow hidden in the data one way or another. And um, we've used actually AI to accelerate, for instance, chemical mixing simulations, which typically take something around four to eight hours. And with AI, we were able to reduce the time to results to under 20 minutes at accuracy of 93%. And that can potentially find its ways back to the paper industry, which mm -hmm. is also at some stage you know, related to the chemical industry. And uh, talking about this uh, cognitive services or wet line detection for, for the paper mills, beside the wet line detector, we'll also have a module to perform sound analytics for manufacturing. So, Think about all the all the bearings or the engines that need to be produced before you build your paper machines, right? Now, now you can monitor the quality not only visually, but also to analyze the sound that they make during the tests and uh, you know detect faulty parts, uh, issues, or uh, warn your engineers that, okay, this engine might need some additional checkup, right? So that's all, it's all about data and finding the, uh, the answers and uh, basically the sky is the limit. We're just limited by our, you know, creativity here. Oh, absolutely, Martin. Uh, you know, it's really important point you get across there. This is really mining the value of the data that all companies have, uh, and hidden in there could be some amazing nuggets, uh, game-changing components. Yeah, uh, that that AI could reveal. Uh, the other really interesting point is what. Valeria, what you pointed out there is not to think of it as a, a sort of a, a process, just one entity, but to really think more broadly of how it could be used around the entire corporation. Uh, as soon as you said that it sort of brought to mind when PCs first came out, uh, you know, initially it may have been in the finance department doing spreadsheets, but slowly it spread and transformed businesses. Uh, and I feel AI is... The, you know, that, that sort of breakthrough that's happening here. Now, we've talked about a lot of these solutions. Can, can you describe the underlying infrastructure that is required, you know, for a factory, factory to go through these sort of deployments? 
Uh, I think uh, there is not um, a one-fit-all solution uh, for this kind of deployment. Uh, I mean, the, the, we could see multiple, uh, you know, infrastructure solution to be deployed. I guess it's interesting that in this case, like we see a uh, prevalence of demand of uh, edge computing. I'm really excited to to see that uh, the edge computing are getting more powerful and allowing things like. Uh, uh, also training on the on the same infrastructure. I want to mention the our SE450 right now, which is able to to provide uh, enough compute power for uh, deep learning and computer vision using NVIDIA AI uh, um, A2 GPUs uh, for inference, or you can load also A30 or A100 GPUs, which are more like. Uh, uh, let's say dedicated training platform. And so you see how you can use the same infrastructure uh, for different scope without like um, drastic changes. But I want to hear from Marcin, like an example of their deployment. Uh, yeah, so, you know, before AI can do anything, it has to be trained typically with, uh, with huge amounts of data collectively called as a training set. And I totally agree uh, with what you, Valerio, said that uh, there's no one size fits all, right? And what, what we see is that uh, HPC, or high performance computing infrastructure, is often used to train AI's powerful algorithms, right? But that's just the training so that we teach AI how to recognize shapes, how to you know measure the distance, and, and so on and so forth. And sometimes servers or desktop PCs with NVIDIA GPUs are, are just enough. Sometimes we need more powerful machines, but then comes uh, the execution of this algorithm. So we call it inference. And there we can find all sorts of devices from drones powered by NVIDIA Jetson to small edge PCs equipped with various computing units, all the way to larger machines called edge servers, like, like you mentioned, SE450, which by the way, we're benchmarking for one of our products with uh, NVIDIA's A100 uh, GPUs for, for the training purposes. But talking about the, the paper industry here, we used tiny uh, PCs uh, in, in the size of a DVD player. Uh, they are those uh, Lenovo Think Centers for manufacturing environments. And there, there we just use, you know, standard configuration to, to run the inference and to detect a wet line, measure it and show whether it enters the red zone or, or not. Um, so again, edge computing is, is the future, not just you know, because uh, it can be deployed close to where data is produced, but also because you know, we can deploy on-premise solution easily and uh, you know, just attach one PC and for our customers, it, the deployment becomes so straightforward that they don't need to invest in huge infrastructural change. They just add another you know, block in their typical IT infrastructure. Okay, so, so really, this is kind of interesting how, you know, we've seen a rise of edge compute in the last 18 to 24 months. Uh, and this kind of really sits neatly with this AI story as well. Uh, many times in the past, people looked at edge at cut down machines, you know, from what you had inside data centers. But what, when you're looking at the SE 350 and the 450 product, you're supporting some very powerful uh, NVIDIA GPUs in there. So it's uh, bringing some amazing power outside the data center. Uh, and the ruggedization allows you to put it inside manufacturing. Now, folks, you give us a very good example of what is happening today. And that is also quite stunning that AI is being used in manufacturing today. Where do you see this going in the future? So, Valerio? 
What's your opinion on the future? Yeah, I, I want to um, uh, touch a little bit on what uh, Marcin uh, mentioned uh, previously. I want to touch on the on the point of uh, uh, human in the loop. And so I can see how like the, the future for AI will be uh, more related to, uh, to have more tool for um, uh, AI transparency. Uh, that means like... Uh, Uh, being able to really understand the decision of the machine uh, that takes a machine uh, or a deep learning algorithm uh, and uh, so that the human can better oversight the process and, and taking uh, a more accurate decision. What about you, Marcin? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I will only add that, you know, we need to remember that uh, industrial processes evolve and get improved over time. And AI needs an easy way to follow these changes. So, so the next step I would see here is to enable engineers so that they can easily tweak trained, already trained AI so that they can, you know, easily adapt to new senior scenarios. One additional thing uh, would be probably around the lines, that, along the lines that, uh, So, you know, now AI can predict the answers, but uh, what if we could use AI to suggest the inputs for the, you know, required or expected results, right? So that would be like uh, looking at processes from a little bit different perspective, right? So that it can shorten time of uh, trial and error experiments, for instance, right? So that would be my, I would say, welcome that direction for AI. I totally agree with that. For me, yes, Valeria, what you pointed out, you know, the at the end of this, it's easy all the time in IT to put our computers at the center or software at the center, but actually people needs to be at the center uh, and the openness is really important. And Martin, as you pointed out, it's an evolving area. So uh, if we can simplify this, uh, it can transform industries. Now, you know, what I've really found useful, this uh, podcast is really are you sure how this ai can start in one part of a business uh, and then spread uh, and also it's interesting that the infrastructure that is required is already available uh, and more importantly than that uh, the expertise it's very important i think for customers who are listening to this podcast to realize companies like ByteClick, et cetera, have the specialist in-depth knowledge. And it's the partnership with, with uh, Lenovo, with NVIDIA and ByteClick uh, that really can uh, accelerate the journey and make sure that you get the, the, the return on the investment that you originally planned. So hopefully we've given you a view of um, what it's like to bring AI into factories. In our next episode, we'll be looking at going outside of the factory and actually looking at how AI is transforming cities and making cities far more livable and more enjoyable places. So make sure you stay tuned and listen to our next podcast. And Valerio, thank you very much for joining. And Martin, thank you very much for joining. Okay, thank you, Tikiri, and thank you, for Marcin, for uh, uh, this great discussion. Uh, I really look forward for the next episode, and I thank you, uh, the audience, for uh, um, listening. Thank you, Valerio. Thank you, Tikiri, for inviting me here. It's uh, been a pleasure to have a chat with you guys on such an exciting topic. You know, as we said, AI is transforming industries, right? So, yeah, let's share the news to the world and inspire as many as possible. Thank you.
Okay, hope you enjoyed this podcast and make sure you join us next time where we adventure into smarter cities.